It's not about how much cash you've got to splash, it's about how you spend it. You're listening to Hard Bargain, a consumer affairs podcast from Fairfax Media. There's no two ways about it. Finding a rental sucks. There's the competitive jostling at inspections, the invasive application forms, and the crushing disappointment that comes with being told you just weren't the right fit. It's not you, it's me. Better luck next time. It's a bit like dating. I'm looking for an inner city apartment at the moment, and I've come to realise it's a total blood sport. My boyfriend and I are both professionals, but we have a dog, which is a big red flag. I've turned up to inspections only to be told the property is already gone, and I've spent my Saturday mornings looking at mouldy shoeboxes with 50 other people. Just last week, my boyfriend and I applied for a property. All of our referees were called. They got proof of our income, only to be told that we were part of the final four applications. Final four. Surely there has to be an easier way. I'm Ebony Bowden, a journalist at Fairfax Media, and you're listening to Hard Bargain. I'm joined by my colleagues, Liam Mannix and Bhakti Puvanantharan. Liam, you rent. How did you go finding a place? <laughs> uh, good and bad. Uh, my girlfriend and I live in a nice little rental apartment in St Kilda, and finding it... So I was at the end of my lease with another place, and there was this sort of terrifying two-week gap, first of all, when one's ending and you're desperately trying to find another apartment, and you're thinking to yourself, if I don't get one of these, I'm going to be living on the street, like in a matter of days. So first of all, you have this fear that you're not going to get a place. So we applied for 14 apartments. The good 14. news is... 14. Whoa. All over the city. Uh, the good news is we got them all. All? <laughs> yeah. You have to tell me your secrets. Uh, well, I think our secret might be uh, two young professionals, no animal. No animal. Right. That's Damn the big animals. helpful thing. So we just sort of applied and we got them. But the bad experience was how poor customer service was all the way through. And the, the, there seems to be something going on here. So, you know, you turn up. Uh, you First of all, you apply, real estate agents don't get back to you, you turn up for the inspections, and the inspections are all at the same time on a Saturday, so mm-hmm. you can only go to a few. You turn up at the inspections, the real estate agent's late, uh, they run in there, they show you around, they don't know anything about the house, they're clearly disinterested, they don't want you there, then they whisk you out the door, and they're gone, and you don't hear from them again until they tell you, oh yeah, you got the place, when are you moving in? <laughs> Uh, And I I just sort of wonder if there's a supply-demand thing going on here because, you know, we're so taught that good customer service is the norm at every cafe that you go to, but in real estate, there's such a high demand from young people like us and so low a supply of apartments to get into. I wonder if real estate agents just know that they don't have to bother. So I guess you kind of, like, rig the system in your favour by applying for 14... 14 properties. Yeah, we did. We took the scattergun approach and applied for everything that we liked. And then we had a lot of awkward phone calls being like, actually, no, we don't want that. And they were angry. They, no, they didn't actually care. So <laughs> that was that was the whole thing with it. I thought they'd be angry, but they're like, yeah, whatever. Don't care. So you'll do that next time you're looking for a rental? Definitely. Just pick all the ones that I like and apply for everything. B, you're a homeowner now, but what was your experience with renting? So I have never really had my name on a lease. My approach has always been subletting 
basically without the the actual um, owner knowing that I owned the property. <laughs> uh, a lot of that was through uni, um, and then uh, and then I went home. I went moved back into my parents' place to save money to then buy the house. Mm. So I guess I've just always kind of avoided that. Um, situation. The only time that I have had my name on a lease was on at a property in Ballarat, and that was an incredibly old world, charming experience compared to what it sounds like. Um, you guys and, and all my friends, you know, it's a very common experience that, that the city kind of. There are certain suburbs. Yeah, you do the maths. There are certain suburbs with certain kind of. Um, if you're looking for a certain kind of property and there's just only a few of them. Yeah, that everybody goes for. Fitzroy, South Yarra, St Kilda. Mm. So inner city, but you were looking at, you lived, Ballarat is regional. Yeah, so looking regionally, I felt like we had beautiful kind of full houses that we could have rented within our budget, within kind of a five-minute drive of the centre of town. And that was, it was a really fresh refreshing experience yeah so i guess if you're looking in a city you've really got to treat it like a blood sport and even though home ownership has become a national sport the rental industry also there's huge demand for rentals and there are actually now a growing number of businesses that offer to inspect rentals on your behalf and make sure your application is in top shape we're lucky enough to be joined by jade and simone from melbourne rental search one of those such businesses. Jade and Simone, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having us. Thank you. So what are some of the biggest mistakes that people make when it comes to renting? I mean, I think the number one mistake is not knowing what your rights are. There are so many amazing resources out there for you on Consumer Affairs and the Tenants Union of Victoria. They have amazing websites. Um, and so you need to really uh, arm yourself with all the knowledge of, um, you know, what market prices are, what the rules and regulations are. And um, yeah, first and foremost, what your rights are. Yeah, probably a really interesting thing as well. Just going a little bit down the track, once you find a property that you like and say you submit an application, um, the first thing that the agent will do before they've even looked at your references, uh, your employment, is they're actually going to do a Google search of you and a Facebook stalk of you, an Instagram search, a LinkedIn. They're really going to just make sure that there's no red flags before they start getting in there and doing some really? of the deep works. So people don't realise, they, they'd be shocked to know that. Um, so first thing, close down, not necessarily close down, but put all the social media things on private because they can sometimes be big warning flags for people. And probably a good example of that is, say if you do have a pet and you've sort of not disclosed it on your application and there you are in your profile picture with my new puppy my new cat <laughs> something like that um, it's a bit it's a dead giveaway straight yeah. away so yeah. yeah that's something to keep in mind for yeah for, for renters starting off yeah yeah jay you've you've spoken about um how the whole industry needs to be overhauled yeah yeah tell, tell us a bit more about that yeah, it, it really does. There's not many people who have had a renting experience that hasn't got a, a sort of a horror story to, to tell you. We do find that this industry is quite poorly serviced. And I'm not saying this is the entire industry. There's some real estate agencies out there, especially the more boutique sort of specialised property management companies that are doing exceptional jobs. They're really living and breathing it and they're doing it really well. We find that some of the bigger brand agencies are, are sort of having a, a situation where you've got a girl, a young 
young girl or boy, it doesn't matter, but we find usually it's young girls who do a one-week course to become a property manager. They get given their desk and given their phone and they're kind of left to their own devices. These girls often have hundreds of properties that they've got to look after and there's just simply not the hours in the day to get everything done. So whether that be maintenance, whether it be uh, routine inspections, whether it be uh, opening up these new properties that are currently for lease. So these girls are swamped. Uh, It doesn't work for them. And being a renter, trying to get your foot in the door and getting a property is so frustrating. Everyone's just sort of at their wits end. There does need to be a change somewhere along the line. Yeah, it sounds like the industry is really unfairly skewed towards real estate agents, that it's the agents who really have the power. Um, Simone, what do you think people could do to take their power back? I mean, there's a number of things they can do. Um, Like I said before, educating yourself as a tenant is really important. Um, Consumer Affairs have also come out with a new app, the the Rent Right app that you can download, and that gives you a lot of um, clues about, you know, you don't need to take necessarily the landlord's, uh, the agent's word. Um, You can look it up for yourself and find out what is right, what is wrong. Um, And I mean, to take the power back, we certainly, we say, you know, leave reviews for your property managers. If you come across an amazing property manager, um, go on their Google review, give them a Facebook review um, so that landlords can see um, who the best agencies are and hopefully you get more properties uh, going with those landlords and it makes it better for everyone. Is there anything that people can do to make their application more attractive than, say, other people's? Yeah, absolutely. I think the number one thing you can do is make sure it's filled in uh, 100%. You'd be surprised at how many people only fill in sort of 80% of it. Um, There's also some extra paperwork that you could apply. Um, One of the things we really like to recommend to our clients is providing a tenant ledger. So that's if you've rented before, it's a document that shows that you've paid the rent on time um, throughout your tenancy. And it really shows to your next landlord that you're really reliable. You can be dependent on... um, and I mean, the, the references are another huge thing as well. So you can show that you've looked after the properties in the past. And even probably just a cover letter, like a cover letter as if you were going for a job, a cover letter introducing yourself, saying what you love about the property and just sort of saying something along the lines of, um, this is, uh, I'm a very house proud person. I intend to care for this property as if it was like my own. Mm. Just something to add a little bit of personality behind your application to make you stand out is, is very simple. Anyone can do that. Yeah. 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 Um, so I have a dog, mm-hmm. and I know you spoke about just before people showing off the fact they've got a dog, but lying. Yeah. So I've been very truthful with the fact that I have a dog, mm. um, and I keep getting knocked back for yeah. properties. <laughs> um Jade, what can I do? Help me out. Yeah. <laughs> Pets are really so tricky. We've yeah. both got dogs. We call them the dogs of Melbourne Rental Search. They're with us every day. We're big animal lovers. And really, in this day and age, a lot of young professionals tend to get a, a dog or a cat yeah. before they start to have babies. Yeah. So there needs to be a change, again, with legislation covering animals. So the first thing that we do uh, if we have a client that has a pet is we get them to put together a pet resume. So a pet resume is simply a document that you would have, the first thing you would do is a, a picture of them. A lot of tenants will say they've got a chihuahua, a chihuahua when in case, in fact, they've got a Great Dane, something like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you'd get your, a, a picture of your of your pet uh, and it'll be looking adorable, of course. Of course. And you do a little bit of about, an about me section. I love to go for long walks on the beach. Uh, my favourite food are schmackos. Like you'd make it kind of fun and entertaining, but have the, the most important things on there. Uh, I'm... I'm dewormed, I'm vaccinated. These are references of my uh, dog groomer, uh, my dog sitter, my vet. Uh, These are my next door neighbours. This is a reference from them to say that I've never barked and things. Uh, And then even some landlords 
if you were to say if it would make the lamb more, more comfortable, I'm more than happy to meet with them one day that suits them and introduce my pet to them. Just to show that you're going the extra mile. We've never had an instance that a real estate agent's actually taken us up on that. I think they're probably there's not enough hours in the day, they don't really care. But just saying I'm that confident that my pet is uh, not going to cause any damage, that I'd love for you to meet them, it just shows that you're going the extra mile. So that's probably the first the first thing you could do. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is in Victoria, there's no legislation to say that you can take a pet bond. However, we would often say probably about two weeks rent on top of the advertised bond you could always offer uh, just so there's a little bit of peace of mind there mm. for the landlord. Mm. Mm. But the, we do think things are definitely changing. The blanket ban on bl- blanket ban on owners' corporations uh, being able to ban pets has been lifted now. Great. So there is a bit more flexibility for landlords in, you know, in apartment complexes and things like that. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So I guess what you guys are just saying is make sure the applications are filled out 100%, mm-hmm. anticipate what the owner might need. Um, if you're really, really keen on a place, do you sometimes see people offering a higher rent as yeah, well? Is look, that something that people do? It, it does happen. We don't recommend it in all cases. If you, Like you were saying before, if you do go to a place and there is 50 people there inspecting it and you do feel like it is uh, market price, you could offer a, a small additional amount. Uh, but what people often don't realise is that you can actually offer a lower ma- amount as well. So if you go to a property and it has been on the market maybe for three weeks mm. and uh, when you inspect it, there's no one else there, um, absolutely, you can be a bit cheeky um, and, yeah, offer a little bit less and we do see this this is successful and this is happening in victoria great also would you suggest that people apply for several places uh just to keep their options open yeah, yeah. And so, so many people don't realise that you can put in uh, multiple applications um, and you're not actually signed up to a house until you sign a lease or transfer over the the rent. So if you do see two places on the same weekend and you love both of them, apply for both and see how you go. Great. Well, I'm going to get my pet resume in order right <laughs> now. Jade and Simone, thank you so much for coming in. Thank, thank you, you for having, having us. us. All right, thanks. <laughs> At the end of every show, we like to do a rapid-fire segment that we call Hot or Not, where we nominate one thing that was great this week and one thing that was terrible. B, hot or not? So these are all in the frame of the consumer experience. So my not, I always start to like to start with the not, so I end on a positive note. My not is Mikey Machines refusing to not let you print a receipt. I don't print receipts anywhere. At an ATM, anytime I can avoid a receipt, just send me an email, Mm. okay? So, but Mikey Machines, there's no button for you to say no receipt. Um, If you're outside Melbourne or Victoria, Mikey is the public transport system here. And so what happened is I walked to the train station this morning and the entire area around the Mikey machine was littered with pieces of white paper because no one wants these receipts. It seems like such a simple thing that Public Transport Victoria needs to sort out now. What happened to the paperless office? I know. Um, Paperless economy. (laughs) My hot is 
the Harvard Business Review. Um, just a, a mag recommendation for you all. You can actually buy them in hard copy at a lot of news agents, mm. but also um, online subscription. I reckon anyone in any management role anywhere should read it front to back. Their latest edition about diversity is fantastic. Um, uh, it's, it's pretty much a feminist Bible for me. There's just so many studies out there that really kind of break down women in the workplace, um, diversity in the workplace, and, and also heaps of psychology. Um, parts of business that are fascinating things about you know the narcissism of um, different kinds of business leaders and and what it what it you know what are the different parts of our brain that go into making great leaders it's very interesting awesome mm. Ebo? um so Big, big surprise here. Uh, my not is the rental market. <laughs> I've been looking for so long and it's just starting to feel impossible. Um, but, yeah, after some of the tips that we heard today, I'm definitely feeling more empowered. So maybe next week finding a rental will be my hot. Mm-hmm. Um, my hot this week is um, the Dimmick's Book Club, their rewards program. A lot of rewards programs there, as you know, are just total shams Um, but I I shop at Dimmicks all the time and they actually have a really good good rewards program Um, I get a couple of dollars off every book I buy just through the point system they also have like uh, two for three sales sales exclusively to um, club members so if you're a book lover it's actually a really decent rewards program and it supports the book industry which I think is a plus. Shout out to Dimmix if you want to support us. You know. <laughs> Shout out <laughs> to just booksellers everywhere. You know how to get in touch with us. Uh, my hot or not for this week, my hot is uh, Chinese phones, which have become a huge part of the mobile phone market. I've got this thing called an Oppo R9. It's essentially just a copied iPhone for about a third of the price. It's fantastic. Yeah, like 200 bucks. There's a better one you can buy from a company called Xiaomi. 100 bucks, and it's you know more powerful than just about any other phone you can get. Thank you so much, cheap Chinese labor. Uh, and my oh, not dear. for the week. <laughs> oh, is that hot or not? And my not for the week, uh, CityLink. Uh, although this is really me, okay. I got a CityLink toll, and I didn't pay it for two months, and it went for, from an eight dollar toll to a hundred and fifty dollar fine. Really, I'm like, the knot. Yeah, you're the knot there. That's you're the knot. Really <laughs> big fat knot, Liam. <laughs> so there you have it. Finding a dream rental doesn't need to be a total nightmare, so long as you're prepared to be bullish, organised, and take a few risks. If you've got any tips from your own rental experience, please let us know on Twitter at Hard Bargainers or on Facebook at Hard Bargain Podcast. And as always, please rate us on iTunes so that your friends can find us. Hard Bargain is a podcast by Fairfax Media, production help from Dewey Cook and Cormac Lally. We'll see you next time. <laughs>